Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports on this Friday, August 18th. We wrap up the AFC South conversation. Nick Suss of the Tennessean is joining us now on the KDOS hotline. Nick, it is Kayla and Bob. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, y'all. Absolutely. Looking forward to the conversation here. I've kind of been starting a lot of these at the quarterback position, and uh, certainly they're running it back once again with Ryan Tannehill to start the season, but it's yet another year that the Titans selected a quarterback. So how has Tannehill been approaching the start to the season, and what's the backup quarterback competition like between Malik Willis and Will Levis? Yeah, to start with Tannehill, I mean, he has looked every bit as good as he has the past couple of years uh, with probably the reinvigoration of having a little bit better of a supporting cast this year than he did last year. Traylon Burks coming into his own in year two, signing DeAndre Hopkins, et cetera. But now with Burks going down with an injury this week, you bring into question of just how potent can this passing offense be if it only has one true reliable outside threat, which is something that uh, they're going to have to work through. And if Burks' injury is as minimal as the team is alluding to, it's probably not even that big of a deal worth talking about. But the backup competition is obviously a lot more interesting. And, and Will Levis, the guy they took in the second round this year, is now in a little bit of a question mark, given that he left practice a little bit early yeah. on Thursday. And we don't exactly know the severity of that injury. But when him and Malik Willis have been on the field, they have been probably pretty close to even i'd say malik has had an edge in the practice field and uh in the first preseason game he did look a little bit more composed which is quite a turnaround for a guy who really struggled as a rookie last year the third round pick he just uh couldn't really find his footing couldn't really adjust to the speed of the pro game it was his first time calling plays from a huddle first time taking snaps from under center first time playing within a pro style system and he seems to have taken to it a little bit better this year. Uh, he looks a lot more wizened, a lot more composed in the pocket and in the huddle. And he seems like he's making quicker decisions, getting the ball out of his hand faster. And, and that was a huge problem for him last year. So the ability to do that um, uh, seems like it's taken a big stride for him where four or five months ago when the Titans picked Levis, there was questions of, is Malik making the team this year? Now I think it would be kind of silly for the Titans not to carry three quarterbacks given the strides forward Malik has taken. Okay, kind of a two-parter here. Tanny Hill and Henry, uh, Derek Henry, both back for another season. Was there any level of surprise there? Also, you know, they you know drafted, you mentioned Levis. They also drafted Ty G. Spears. So is this kind of like the final rodeo for this group? Yeah, it's tough to say before the season shakes out, but both Tannehill and Henry are on the last year of their contracts. So this does feel like it could be a final hurrah in a couple of ways, uh, given the success they've had since 2019 with this core together. There's obviously nothing stopping them from re-signing one or both when they hit free agency next year because they'll have so much cap space taken off the books by Tannehill and Henry's contracts coming off. But the simple dynamics of... NFL salary cap structure we all understand is that Tannehill I believe is under contract for 27 million this year which is a big number for a quarterback but really not that big anymore given looking at guys like Daniel Jones making 40 million this offseason that'd probably be roundabout the range Tannehill would be commanding and then we also know how much controversy there has been this offseason about paying running backs and Derrick Henry 
isn't a guy heading into his second contract. He's a guy heading into his third contract. He's turning 30 in January. That's kind of the cliff point for a lot of running backs. So Tajay Spears has looked awesome in training camp. He's a very different kind of running back than Derrick Henry, probably more in the Alvin Kamara type mold of guy who can run between the tackles, but also play in the past game, supply a lot of different success. And I think he's going to be a very good change of pace back this year, whether the Titans view him as a full-time feature back of the future, or if Henry needs to be retained on a franchise tag or this or that, it's really tough to say, but the clock is ticking. These are their last years. Nick Suss from the Tennessee and talking all things Tennessee Titans here with us on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. I want to stay with the offense a bit. There was a change in the offseason. Tim Kelly now is the new offensive yeah. coordinator. He was the passing game coordinator last season, promoted to OC now. So is, is it really more of the same to expect from this offense or does he want to, uh, I guess, open things up a little bit more? No, I do think that the the goal is to open things up more. I think that Tempo is going to be a big focus. The Titans did not run a particularly up-tempo offense last year, and predictability is a big focus. I think last year the Titans ran pretty predictable personnel packages, which is way more alliterative than I intended. I'm sorry. Um, if they, they ran a lot of – if this tight end was on the field, Derrick Henry's going to run left. And if this receiver's on the field, they're going to throw over the middle. Like The plays were pretty easy to telegraph if you were a defense, and – that doesn't matter when Derrick Henry is a guy who can run for 2,000 yards like he was two, three years ago, but with questions about the offensive line and with questions about just Henry getting older and the mileage on his legs, that might not be as sustainable. So Kelly's coming in, diversifying not just the personnel packages, but diversifying what players do when they're on the field so it's not a dead giveaway of you send this tight end onto the field, that means they're running the ball. You send this receiver onto the field, that means they're throwing the ball. And so doing that in conjunction with speeding up the the tempo and kind of changing some of the verbiage and and, uh, play calling strategies there, I think, is what they're planning to do to open up the offense. But you are kind of handcuffed by Derrick Henry when you have him, no matter how versatile and multiple you want your offense to be. If you have a running back who's good enough to touch the ball 25 to 30 times a game and you give him the ball that often, there's going to be a certain amount of plotting and slowed down just to get him going in rhythm. Okay, so that's part of the deal here with my next question. You know, the signing of DeAndre Hopkins, were you surprised they added him? And I assume his importance is increased here with Burks going down this week with the injury. Yeah, I mean, his his importance was innumerable before Burks' injury even. But, look, I mean, before uh, DeAndre signed with the Titans, the receiver they had on roster who had the – biggest career high in receiving yards in the NFL was journeyman Chris Moore, who I believe had like 570 in his best ever year. DeAndre is a 10-year NFL pro who's never had less than 600 yards in a season, and that's counting the last two years in Arizona where he didn't play full seasons. They didn't have any experience here, and, and you can project Traylon Burks ahead, and you can project Kyle Phillips ahead, and tight end Chigakonkwo, you can project him ahead and say, look, these are all second-year guys, let them grow into it, and they very well may grow into it, but the simple reality is this is a tight receiving core that didn't have any bona fide proven talent uh, or production, rather, I should say, on the outside. D-Hop is going to be that. And whether he's the same guy he was in 20, what was it, 2020, his first year in Arizona, or 2019, his last year in Houston, hard to say. 
but his offensive coordinator his last year in Houston was Tim Kelly, so they do have that familiarity there. And Charles London, who's the Titans' passing game coordinator this year, I want to say he was the running backs coach in Houston when DeAndre was there. And there is that built-in communication and knowledge of the scheme. So you factor that in with a team that pretty desperately needed him. Without him, they would have almost inarguably been the worst receiving core in the NFL now. If him and Burks are healthy, you can probably put them in the 18 to 20 range, which is a pretty huge upgrade. And yeah, no, I mean, he's going to be a big, big part of the offense. And it's probably still going to be Derrick Henry's offense, given the success he's had. But I would not be surprised if DeAndre becomes a guy who can make the most of his seven or eight targets a game and end up being a guy who gets up around 800, 900 receiving yards. And Titans leading receiver last year was around 500. So that's a that's a huge upgrade. Flipping this to the defensive side of the ball, having a Tennessee Titans conversation with Nick Suss from the Tennessean here. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting brought in at corner in the offseason here. Yeah. So how will that help solidify the secondary? And do you have a status update of Caleb Farley, the former first-round pick of 2021? Yeah, Farley's still in a holding pattern. It is really tough to say um, if and when he'll be back. He, he's coming back from a back injury, which is just a tough thing to predict last I talked to him last time the team made him available was back in January and he said he was starting to feel himself again but we're now heading towards the end of August and he didn't participate on the field in OTAs and he hasn't been out for training camp so still have to figure out that status there but with Sean Murphy Bunting coming in free agency from Tampa I think that he's going to be an important cog because other than him, the Titans didn't really make any changes to their secondary this offseason, and that is a bit surprising given that the Titans ranked 32nd in the NFL in pass defense last year, and so much of that came from other teams completely abandoning the run against the Titans and not wanting to go up against Jeffrey Simmons and Nico Autry, et cetera, et cetera. But the reality is the Titans had a really young secondary that was exposed a bunch last year. So Sean Murphy Bunting coming in as a veteran presence should be able to help that a little bit. Uh, Christian Fulton and him taking the outside, letting Roger McCreary bump inside to the slot, getting Kevin Byard and Amani Hooker healthy. Uh, Byard played every game last year, but Hooker missed a lot of time. Taking Elijah Molden, their third-year pro, kind of making him more of a dime safety, nickel corner kind of hybrid player everywhere. I think they're probably better suited depth-wise than they were last year when I'm sure people have heard this narrative across the NFL, but the Titans have used the most players in the NFL back-to-back seasons. I think it was like 91 in 2021 and 84 or so last year. Those injuries particularly hit the secondary last year. And, And so adding that extra depth piece in Murphy Bunting, getting a little bit of experience, bringing in a new cornerbacks coach in Chris Harris, hopefully that is what the Titans are trying to do when it comes to fixing a unit that got exposed last year. Unfortunately, Chris Harris, I don't think, could still play because that bad dude could play back in the day. Uh, back, to, you know, Also, the injuries hit the offensive line, and, and that group, that unit has rapidly declined here the last couple of years. Might the offensive line show some improvement this year? I really don't know how they don't, uh, given the way things ended last <laughs> year, but you're right. So much of it was injury-related, I think, that if I'm remembering the stats correctly off the top of my head, the Titans allowed the highest percentage of pressures per drop back in the NFL last year and were the fourth worst in the NFL in rushing yards before contact, which means they were 
pretty putrid in both run blocking and pass blocking by the simplest metrics you can think of. They completely rebuilt the offensive line this year. Left tackle is going to be Andre Dillard, who was a, a reserve piece for the Eagles last year. The left guard is going to be Peter Skaronsky, who the Titans picked in the first round. The center is going to be Aaron Brewer, who started at guard last year and has bumped inside. The right guard is going to be Daniel Brunskill, who played for the 49ers last year. And the right tackle was supposed to be Nicholas Petit-Frere, who was the one holdover on the starting line last year, but he is suspended to start the season for violating the league's gambling policy. So they went out and signed Chris Hubbard, who I believe played in Arizona at some point. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And so they're five new starters essentially with one guy moving positions it looks better but it's still i mean you're banking on a left tackle who couldn't start in philly a right guard who didn't start in uh in san francisco a left guard who is a rookie who's never played guard before because he was a college tackle a center who is I believe 280 or so pounds. He's pretty undersized by NFL offensive lineman standards and a journeyman right tackle who they signed on July 28th. So it's still a lot of moving pieces to figure out. And I think the preseason is going to be really valuable to see these guys get this chemistry together because again, it's hard to be worse than the worst in the NFL last year, but there's still, there's still a lot of improvement that needs to be done. 39 sacks for this defense last year, led by Danico Autry. What's the status here of Harold Landry, who missed all of 2022, and how will that help bolster the pass rushing unit? Oh, the pass rushing unit is probably the strongest part of this team because you talk about Harold Landry missing last year. Danico Autry missed essentially most of the second half of last season and led the team in sacks. Jeffrey Simmons was playing on a bum ankle for the last 10 games of the season. They go out and sign Arden Key from Jacksonville, who's going to be a big help uh, for them on the defensive line. You have Pierre Tart in the middle, who's a guy they, uh, I think they tendered as on a first or second round tender this year as a restricted free agent who they really think highly of. This pass rush is, and this run stopping unit is the strength of the Titans and has been the strength of the Titans since uh, the Rabel era began. They finished. Number one in the NFL against the run last year, as I alluded to, and I think they were number two the year before. They're really stout up front. But getting Landry back after he had his best season in 2021, that Pro Bowl year, missed all of 2022 with the ACL. He's looked himself uh, maybe a little bit stronger up top, as often happens when guys are rehabbing from ACLs. They can't use their lower body as much, so they really work out up top. So he's probably going to have a more diverse array of moves coming off the edge this year, better than just coming off with pure speed like he did maybe when he was younger in his career. Arden Key's a really versatile guy. Danico Autry's a really versatile guy. You can move them across the front, have them at defensive tackle, have them at defensive end, have them stand up at outside linebacker. Being able to hit you from all those different ways with Jeffrey Simmons being one of the truly elite players in the NFL, kind of clogging it up in the middle. That's a unit that's going to be really tough to beat for NFL offensive lines. So that is, if there's a strength of this team, it's got to be there. Okay, I think Vrabel's one of the best coaches in the league. I want to believe in the uh, the Titans to bounce back here. Am I crazy to consider betting over seven and a half wins for the year? I don't think anybody's crazy to bet anything, honestly. I mean, this is a tough team. <laughs> this is a tough team to get a read on. It, you have to imagine that injury luck can't be as bad as it was the last two years. But you also have to understand that more than any other team in the NFL, we know exactly how much of a house of cards the Titans are because we've seen them have to play so many backups 
in the last two years. It's one thing to say, oh, this team has depth, though this team doesn't have depth. What the Titans have is proof of concept for depth of you can be as deep as you want. Your starters are still starters for a reason. And so if Ryan Tannehill goes out this year, I imagine they are in a better position without him than they were last year. If Derrick Henry goes out this year, I imagine they are in a better position without him than they were two years ago when he got hurt all the way through the line of you lose Burks, you have Hopkins, you et cetera, et cetera, go through it. You've drafted these offensive linemen to be backups. So if you lose them, the depth is better, but you still want your starters to be out there. And you have to imagine that the Titans will regress to the mean or progress to the mean, whichever way you look at it when it comes to injury luck. And if that's the case, you look at their schedule this year, they got two games against the Houston Texans, two games against the Indianapolis Colts. You got four games against the NFC South, which means the Saints, Falcons, Bucks, and Panthers are not the strongest teams in the league right now. You don't have to play the division winners like they have the last couple of years. So instead of playing your Bills and your Chiefs, they're playing the I want to say the Dolphins and the Chargers are their AFC cross division. They get the Seahawks from the NFC. It is a slightly easier schedule than they've grown accustomed to at the peak of the Vrabel era. So you stay healthy, you play an easier schedule, and you have, in theory, more depth than you have in the past. Yeah, they could bounce back, but you're also a team built around Ryan Tannehill in the last year of his contract, Derrick Henry in the last year of his contract, DeAndre Hopkins on the other side of 30. It's an older team. It's not the the same explosive and, and dominant team that they were in 2020 when they had one of the five best offenses in the NFL. That's just not exactly who they are right now. Nick, this has been fantastic information here. We really appreciate it and look forward to catching up with you as the season rolls along. Yeah, thank you. I'll appreciate it. Once again, he is Nick Suss there from the Tennessean.